Hey, what up, Long Beach? Welcome back to another bi-weekly episode of the only podcast covering Long Beach State Athletics. It is the LB Fee Show, hosted as always by the 562, which is myself, JJ Fiddler, and returning to the fold just in time for the big news, he's Mike Garabasio. What's going on, everybody? So nice to uh, have some sports-related news to talk about on this sports podcast. Uh, before I bring on our co-host and uh, the man of the hour, just want to remind everyone that the 562.org is your home for daily updates. Uh, hopefully going to be back to highlight videos soon enough, podcasts, uh, and all your other sports, education, and news coverage in the city of Long Beach. Uh, everything we do at the 562 brought to you by Naples Rib Company as well. But uh, I, I'm just so excited to talk to this guy. we got to dive right into it. Long Beach State Athletic Director Andy Fee, it's your show. Uh, you got the good news. Welcome. Welcome. Let's talk about it. Basketball. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> excited uh, to have uh, sports to talk about. As you said, it, it feels like it's been an eternity. So, you know, we are knocking on wood, looking forward to, to what is about to, uh, to be delivered, hopefully. Yeah, a lot has happened since the last time we spoke. And we're usually releasing this earlier in the week, but we had to wait because both men's and women's basketball teams back at Walter Pyramid this week. So very exciting. But let's back it up to the beginning of this whole timeline and how these teams got back inside. Because obviously, as everyone knows, it's been a lot of outdoor work for these basketball teams, both in their 10 by 10 boxes when they first came back then on the outdoor courts at Rhodes Tennis Center, now finally at Walter Pyramid. But before that, Andy, you talked to the local health department from Long Beach last week about trying to get them to allow you guys to go back inside. So when you talk to a health department like that, what information were you bringing them? I mean, are you just bringing them negative tests and saying, hey, we're negative, can we go inside? Yeah, I mean, certainly the negative test results are, are critical and, and probably the most important piece that they like to look at. But, um, you know, a lot of it is, again, around the, the minutia of the plans about how are we going to hopefully continue to keep those negative tests coming. And um, it goes into more in-depth discussion around the pods, around our teams. And, you know, I call it reducing our footprint um, in terms of their interaction with with others, certainly we can't do the NBA thing as we had talked about, but you know, how do we really reduce that um, our athletes are around people? It sounds crazy to talk like that, um, but that's really um, what, the, what the city was, was interested in hearing. Uh, we talked about um, how we have our, our teams essentially living together and meaning they're, they are kind of potted up. You know, they're not living with non-student athletes um, you know, in, in, their, in their residence necessarily. So, um, you know, those are the, the, the real things that they wanted to know about. But I do think delivering those negative results um, was probably the biggest piece of the puzzle. You know, Andy, one question I've had, and I, we've, we've interviewed a couple of people in the health department, and they've been great. But, you know, they're obviously managing, trying to get schools open, you know, so, so many bigger questions than just what, you know, all of us want to talk about, which is basketball and sports. Have you felt at any point like they're kind of big timing you like they're like, I can't believe this guy wants to talk to us about basketball again, or have they been like, you know, focused on trying to to help you guys do stuff. And I, I'm, I'm not even saying that and I, I wouldn't even blame them for doing it. I'm just kind of curious, what's that process like of going to them to try and get permission for these 15 kids on these different teams to practice. Yeah, you know, it's been frustrating, but I mean, that's that's kind of a selfish thing. And the city has been great, to be honest. As you said, I, I don't feel they've ever big-timed us. Dr. Okay. Dr. Davis with the city has been very fair, and, and they've always taken the meeting requests. So 
I can't really complain about the process, meaning that, you know, they, they were unwilling to listen to us and we couldn't, you know, voice our opinion. They've always allowed us to, to, to meet with them, to state our opinion. Um, certainly, as I said, you know, it's frustrating from our end because we, we, we want to be active. We want to get going. Um, but I think they've been very fair with us. So I can't really complain at the end of the day about how this has worked out. They have a job, they have a responsibility um, to keep us all safe. So I get that. And as you said, you know, they're trying to sort out, you know, do they open up the middle schools and elementary and, you know, they got a lot going on and yeah, is basketball really on, on the front of the radar? No. Um, but you know, ultimately we've gotten to a point where we're inside the pyramid and we're practicing, looking forward to playing. And yeah, in the normal, you know, pre-COVID world, we'd probably say this is ridiculous. And, but, you know, we're making the best. It, and it really is a mentality. We're trying to focus on being grateful for what we do have rather than focusing on that frustration. The frustration is certainly there, but we're trying to make sure that our student athletes, coaches, myself, we focus on being grateful. We have the opportunity to practice and play the, the sport that we love, so to speak. So uh, again, you know, I, I, I'm grateful for the city and, um, you know, them coming to, to a good compromise, I feel like, that has our teams now, I feel, getting ready to, uh, to start the year. Before they gave you that news on the compromise, it was a few days. It, it was almost a week. You met with them last Monday, and they said that they would give you information within, you know, a day or two, and then a day or two later, and then a day or two later, and they still hadn't. And that's when you decided to take the men's and women's basketball teams to Seal Beach, to the AIM facility, so they could practice indoors because Orange County had easier restrictions, I guess is the best word. Did you know that you had that plan going into your meeting with the local health department? And did you let them know that if they didn't answer you in a timely manner, that you guys were going to go elsewhere? Yeah, so we, we, we had been working on that plan, um, potential plan at, the, at that point to, to take the teams um, to Seal Beach. Certainly, that's, that was never our preference. We, we, you know, but it was necessary. And, you know, when I shared with the city that, you know, we were, we were thinking about at that point, meaning, you know, we either need to get in the pyramid here and you have to allow us to do this, or we're going to have to come up with an alternative because we're playing games. And, um, you know, again, is it the most important thing in the world? No, but it is real, <laughs> meaning that we are going to put athletes on a court they need to be safe. They need to be prepared. It's only fair to them. You know, it is completely unfair to throw a team um, into a competition that is not ready. Meaning, um, you know, on the men's side, we're going to open up the year and we'll talk about this more, but, you know, we're going to open up at UCLA and they have been practicing and, you know, great for them, but, you know, we can't just throw the men's team, you know, to the dogs and, and, and say, good luck. I hope it works out for you. It's not fair. So, you know, to answer your question, you know, we were, you know, forthright and, and about what we would do. Um, you know, they, they did not really push back on us and, you know, deliver some sort of negative message of don't do that or else. Um, I think they understand um, what the parameters are. And at the end of the day, the city of Long Beach has what they're going to do. And at the time, the county of Orange, you know, is doing what they're going to do. But um, we felt, and, and, and President Conley was fantastic in terms of being supportive of, of this move. It wasn't just Andy making this decision, um, because certainly this is kind of, you know, it was a, a message, um, so to speak. And, um, it, you know, it worked out. So we were able to, to get practices in um, and get inside and get going. But certainly a very unique circumstance I would have never imagined prior to COVID. 
Yeah, I mean, and no kidding. And nor would we normally celebrate teams practicing in the pyramid the way we are at the moment, um, where, you know, it feels like uh, uh, this huge occasion. Um, you just mentioned one thing JJ and I brought up when, when everything got shut down was, um, you know, whether they want, whether it's fair or not, whether they want to admit it or not, um, governmental agencies don't treat everyone the same. They don't treat all organizations the same. And you just mentioned it, you know, you guys are in the same county as, uh, as uh, UCLA, your basketball teams are going to be playing on the same court in a, in a matter of a couple of weeks here. And by my count, I mean, it was, it was weeks prior to you guys that they were allowed back in their facility. Right. Um, so that, I guess that's just part of the, the, the frustration of it, but it, it's like, you know, why are they in there, you know, weeks before you guys are given the approval to do it? You know what? It, it's so difficult to, um, to balance that all out. And, and obviously that exists in every part of the world and the NCAA and everything else as well. But um, you know, kudos to you for, for making that happen because you know, I know I talked to a couple of Long Beach State fans. I talked to a couple of Long Beach State coaches about that. They're like, well, how is this fair, you know, and, and equitable? And I think similarly, you can now start to look out and go, well, what's the rationale for the city approving basketball to be inside with these negative tests, but not every other sport to be inside with negative tests, right? I mean, um, do you feel like you're going to have to kind of continue to advocate for you're looking at one yard gains here, right? You're not throwing a 60 yard touchdown. Do you feel like you're going to have to kind of keep pushing the ball down the field like that? Yeah, I, I, I do. Uh, you know, and certainly to, to get a little bit into the weeds, you know, I think the city looks at indoor sports versus outdoor sports a little differently, meaning um, assuming that we're going to play outdoor sports, you know, certainly we have the hurdles and the plans and, you know, what we need to do, but, but I do think when when advocating for volleyball specifically, you know, men's and women's volleyball for playing those, yeah, I mean, I think we're going to have to make a very strong argument and and have you know negative test results and those things because, um, it, you know, fair or unfair that the city of Long Beach does look at things differently, and that's their prerogative. They're they're able to do it. I'm not sure I always understand it, um, but it does create this unique sense of. You know, you're, you're, you're looking at miles, maybe a few miles of difference, you know, for example, in, in, the, in the world of the virus, and we were talking about this earlier, you know, we can go three miles, literally three miles door to door from the pyramid to, to aim gym. And yet the allowed activity between the two places is night and day. And it's three miles. So in terms of the virus, the virus, the virus doesn't notice when it's crossing the bridge. Uh, you know, right. It doesn't over, stop and go, oh, I'm, right. gonna, I'm not going to follow you into the aim gym. Right. So well, and, and, just, and, and to be, you know, to be clear, I'm not saying so that's a reason that, you know, everyone should be as least restrictive as possible, but it is. And, you know, I mean, I, I know for a fact, there's high school kids, there's college athletes in Long Beach who are going, who were going into Orange County when it was in the orange tier. And, and practicing, right? And working out indoors in gyms. And then they come back to Long Beach. So I, it, at some point, you know, you have to look at a federal level or a state level, or if there's a way to get LA and San Diego and Orange County together and go, we need a set of rules here because this, you know, the state's patchwork grid thing, it never made sense in Southern California where, you know, we, we all have friends who live in the Inland Empire but commute to LA County for work and maybe they have a girlfriend in Orange County or they go get dinner in Orange County. It just simply doesn't make sense for all those three things to be under different sets of rules when people are living in all three of them. You know, I mean, it just, there's, there's no way, there's no way for that to be effective, I guess. 
Yeah, and 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 I would agree with that. And you know, personal opinion here. You know, I I wish we had a little more cohesive cohesive direction on these things, um, because as you said, you know, the crossover is is crazy. And um, you know, look, I can't guarantee that no one will ever catch COVID or anything like that. But you know, we have some pretty strong you know procedures and protocols in place, and. You know, from a medical standpoint, you know, I feel like, you know, again, if anybody can get it up and going, you know, and, and, and kudos to the other schools in, 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 the, in the county, I think the, the college sports, and I can't speak to all high school, but I know from a college perspective, we're all taking this very seriously. We're all um, putting as, as, as much in to keep people safe with testing and, um, you know, uh, the cleaning protocols that, you know, if, if why not? If we can do it safely, why not? If we can't do it safely, I understand that. And if suddenly, you know, a program had all pot, like, hey, I get it. But if at the same time, we can do it safely and, 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 and stay negative, so to speak, why, why not do it? You know, again, a blended approach uh, in terms of being, you know, a compromised situation to me um, is something that is important. So, yeah, I'll be interested to see if things change into, a, again, a more cohesive um, directive that would help us. And I think um, probably help a lot of people's uh, mindset around all of this. What were the kind of reactions you got? Because you just got our reactions as we've talked to you over the last week and a half. Did it range all the way from way to go, Andy, that's a great move to what the heck are you doing? <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, I do think, I, I think most people uh, were very excited to hear the news about moving into the pyramid and, and continuing. Um, you know, I think a few people probably go, why, what the heck, what are you doing? And again, if we feel at, at some point that we are, we're putting people at risk and it's, and, and maybe the, the numbers show it, then, you know, we, we can, we can always adjust. It, it's not as though, we can't stop or pause. We can do those things. Is that ideal? No. And in, in the normal world, so to speak, would we ever do it? Probably not. But there's <laughs> nothing to say that we can't stop, start. Again, ideal, would you draw it up that way? No. But it's not as though by starting and doing this that we can't stop. And, you know, even if people get sick, we're going to keep going. No, we will adjust as necessary. And I think the ability to to be malleable to be able to 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 move and bend and you know i'm, I'm using this quote you know I'm, I'm my man bruce lee be like water you know fill the voids move around as necessary and that's what we'll do and and hopefully we'll keep plugging away and moving forward and we'll adjust as necessary but i think for the most part uh most everybody was excited and in in, in a weird way you know as, as mike said earlier you know being so excited about practicing the pyramid in, in, in the normal world would be completely odd, but in yeah. this world, it seems Herculean, and uh, I think it's a, a really great uh, opportunity, so we're excited. Well, you mentioned the non-conference schedule just before November 30th being the opener for the men, the first time Long Beach sports will be quote-unquote back and playing, but it's going to be on the road. It's going to be at UCLA. Now, the home opener will be December 6th against Seattle, so local fans have that to look forward to as well. But let's just start with the UCLA game. I mean, there's not going to be any fans at Poly Pavilion, correct? Correct. I don't know what the media access is going to be like. We're going to have to ask UCLA about that, correct? Yeah, it's going to be, you know, each host institution, um, and even maybe within the conference, you know, that I, I don't know the particulars about all the, the Pac-12, but 
you know, conferences and schools are, you know, when they host, those will be the rules. So it could be varied. You know, we could be at UCLA and, you know, you guys might be all over the place because you're allowed to do that. And then uh, we might be at another um, non-conference away game and they might have more restrictive rules or maybe more permissive rules. So that will be the interesting piece here is to see um, how it works. Um, again, when we host, we, we have our rules, so to speak. And um, you know, we will not, unfortunately, have fans, um, you know, December 6th uh, for the men's game versus Seattle, but Beach Vision will be available, so fans will be able to watch these games, but yeah, it'll, it'll be an interesting dance to see how uh, the ebb and flow of rules go here. I, I will say, you know, first of all, another plug for Beach Vision, you guys are going to have uh, all events that you've got going on this year streaming for free there. Obviously, stay tuned to the 562.org as well. Um, for articles and, uh, and and hopefully some video highlights and some of the fun stuff that normally we spend all of our time doing. We're hoping to get 5% of our time dedicated to uh, sports coverage again here. <laughs> um, but it is also worth noting that, you know, the pyramid is useful when you look at uh, um, airborne spread. It's nice to have a, it's an indoor venue, but not all indoor venues are the same, right? This is not the small gym at one of the local high schools. <laughs> this is a 12,000 seat venue. Uh, with a ceiling that, you know, has caused problems with how high it goes, uh, I know, in terms of maintenance and facilities, but uh, at the moment now is great that you have a building that's so spacious, so that's helpful as well. Yeah, I mean, that, then that, you know, again, maybe getting back to JJ's earlier question about, you know, what, what case do we present, and, and, and that's what we did say, we, you know, we have a huge venue, I mean, it's 18 stories tall from the court to the, to the point of the, of, of the pyramid itself. So it's bigger than it's, it should be. And so let's at least get some. <laughs> right. So nope. in the COVID world, it, it is an advantage to have our facility designed. Right. As it's it not is. great for condensation, uh, you know, maybe sometimes, <laughs> but right. in the COVID you know, world, it's useful. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, you know, uh, hey, I think President Conley and, and, and our facility staff on campus, I mean, they went in and replaced the HVAC system, the whole filtration system with these new spangled, you know, COVID air filters that, you know, pull all the air out, do all these, these great things. So in a weird way, our facility is an advantage comparative to, to other venues out there because um, the design, um, you know, maybe a little bit of a head scratcher if you were just going to design a, a basketball venue, but we'll take it right now because uh, the size of the venue and being as, as large as it is, um, certainly we, now whether that was the tipping point of getting approval to go in the pyramid, I don't know, but we certainly did use that in our argument for sure. So let's wrap up the men before we get to the women's schedule. What are the other non-conference games that they're going to play other than the Seattle game and then the opener at UCLA before they get into that Big West schedule at the end of December? Yeah, so, you know, we, we feel very comfortable uh, around the schedule, so to speak. Um, we, we had to adjust things, you know, typically the men's team, especially. I mean, we're out on the road across the country playing all kinds of different places. And, and so this year it is a little different. So, um, it, you know, opening up with UCLA at UCLA, um, then we'll follow up. We'll, we'll go over to LMU, play at LMU um, on, on the 4th of December. And then the 6th, we'll have the Seattle game at home. So that's the men's home opener on December 6th. And then we've got three more games. So that's a six-game non-conference schedule, UCLA, LMU, home versus Seattle. And then we've got three road games to close the non-conference. So on the 10th of December, we'll be at the University of San Francisco. 
on the 19th of December will be at Cal Baptist. And on the 22nd of December, closing off the non-conference schedule is the University of San Diego. Ah, University of San Diego, you know them well. Exactly, so it'll be interesting to, uh, to see how that goes. But um, yeah, I think it's a good schedule within that. Uh, we have uh, three um, guarantee games um, where we'll be receiving compensation for playing at those venues or at those teams. And that's UCLA, San Francisco and Cal Baptist. So um, again, those are games we like, we think we'll be competitive. Um, and again, reducing that footprint, you know, on the men's side, um, yeah, this is probably the least amount of miles we'll ever travel. Uh, the furthest games we'll play will be San Francisco um, at Davis, certainly in, in the conference schedule and then at Hawaii. Um, but we are outside of Hawaii, not leaving the state of California. So unique COVID world scheduling, uh, to say the least. How difficult was it to put this schedule together? I know we've been talking for the last month as you guys have been trying to get the legalese all in line. Was it that much more difficult to get this schedule and just kind of the waiting game? Yeah. So I, I think that, you know, you talk to the coaches um, and I, our coaches are great on the men's and women's side with scheduling They do a great job, but you know, everybody's kind of putting their toe in the water a little bit and games are being canceled. You know, a lot of teams were traveling across the country. So we're not alone. Other, other programs are, are working to, to reduce their travel footprint. So everyone's kind of dancing with the, you know, which game can I get with the least amount of travel? Um, and I think our coaches did a great job. You know, I, I think people want to play us first of all. So, so that's always helpful. And, and then two, um, you know, you just got to get creative and use those relationships that you've built a long time. You know, Coach Munson obviously has been doing this a long time and he's got great relationships with other coaches and certainly Jeff Cammon on the women's side has been able to do that as well. But, you know, you throw in the, well, do you want to play each other? And then it's kind of figuring out, well, which day can we play? You know, everyone's got different schedules. And then you throw in, as we talked about earlier, what do you do about the COVID testing and the agreements to say, okay, well, when we play at UCLA, we have to adhere um, to their requirements, which we do, um, you know, we, we're basically mirroring what the Pac-12 and the Power Five conferences are doing in terms of testing. So um, I'm not too concerned about it, but, you know, the lawyers get involved and, you know, they want things in writing and dot the I's and cross the T's. Uh, so, you know, again, you throw in new variables to an already difficult proposition around scheduling. So the men's home opener, like you said, is going to be December 6th against Seattle. The women are also opening their season that week on December 7th, right? Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's exciting. You know, they'll open up with uh, William Jessup. So um, that is a, a, a program that um, is, is typically would be one of our opening um, games, uh, an NAIA, I believe, and, and, and a tune-up, so to speak. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll see what, what develops from there. But um, you know, we'll, we'll have Santa Clara at home for the women. That'll be, that'll be a fun game for them. And then their third, um, and as of right now, final non-conference game that we have on the schedule will be at USC, which is a guarantee game. Um, and so, you know, less games right now than the men, but, you know, again, we're in this COVID world of, you know, other schools are canceling games. I mean, you know, here's a unique perspective, uh, Northridge you know, they're, they're not going to play women's basketball this year. So they did have a schedule of games in the non-conference. So some of those games that teams lost playing Northridge, now we've, we've talked to a few of them to see maybe we'll add a game here or there 
on the women's side as well. But, um, you know, I think good preparation and uh, we like the schedules, that's for sure. Uh, you know, Andy, I'm, and I know we're going to talk to, you know, coaches and hopefully some players as we get closer to the season here, but what's the sense that you have either in your office or among the coaches and teams of just how different it is right now. Normally two weeks before a season starts, everyone has an idea of what a good year would be. You know, this is where we want to finish. This is our ceiling. This is our floor. This is the improvement I want to see out of this player. Are all of those benchmarks still in place or is everyone just like, dear God, let us please continue to practice and test negative and get these games in and a, and a successful season is one that everyone gets through in a healthy way and, and that finishes with no games canceled. Like how different is that feeling and sense of what success looks like, I guess? Yeah, that, that's a great question, Mike. And one that, uh, you know, I think is, is ever evolving. Uh, <laughs> you know, you, you start the year with what you have right on paper and, and you kind of build off that and say, well, if we're healthy, this is what we think we'll have here are the players that we have and, you know, knock on wood, they'll be healthy and, and be good. And, and all those things um, you look at the schedule and you, you start kind of looking at maybe what you think, here's a win, here's a loss, maybe, I don't know, coin toss, whatever you want to call it. Um, and this year it, it becomes really odd because you kind of take all of that and then you kind of have to put it in the back of your mind because who knows who's going to be available. Typically you're like, Hey, hopefully Andy's going to be healthy. Right. Well, now you're also thinking about, is he going to be healthy because of practice physically, so to speak, literally? And then uh, not that the virus isn't physical, but right. then you throw in the virus and go, because before, I don't think any of our coaches ever were like, well, I hope Andy doesn't catch the flu this year, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't think that anyone ever was like, well, I wonder, you know, what will happen if anybody gets sick, you know? I mean, that that would happen in the pre-COVID world. People would catch the flu and maybe be out and you know, you would deal with it, so to speak. But this is obviously a different scenario where suddenly a positive test result not only is, okay, maybe you're out, quote unquote, for a few days, you're ill, whatever you want to you know, say, whatever happens. But now you go into isolation and quarantine. So, you know, who knows what your roster is going to look like? You right. know, I mean, it's, it's the can Andy, you know, stay healthy physically. He's not going to hurt his knee, his ankle, his arm, shoulder, whatever. And then throw in the, well, we've got this virus floating around and, you know, I hope he doesn't catch that as well. So I think you've got to really be cautious about your expectations. Certainly we want to win every game that, that we, we play in. That's our goal. We, we always look at winning games, but, you know, you have to be willing to go, well, I don't know what I'm going to have. Am I going to have a full roster of 15 people or am I going to be knuckling it going, I've got eight, eight healthy people right now, or, Hey, we just lost, you know, two games because we had to quarantine and we can't play this weekend. So I think with so many variables out there, because even if you do all the right things and we're healthy, who knows what the opponent does, right? They could be shut down. So I think it, it's, it's really tough to really look at the schedule and say, well, we know what's going to happen because you could have teams on paper that look like the clear, you know, they should be the champion of this league or that conference. And you don't know because at any point when you play them, right? Exactly. They could either not play or maybe the weekend that you're going to play them, their best player might be out. And uh, again, there's so many more weird, I'll call them weird variables now that it does make it challenging, but from a, from a really, you know, high altitude view, we still look at the schedule and go, we want to win these games. We're competitive. We can win them all. 
Um, but again, you know, even doing all the right things, we may be limited with players or our ability as a program to compete on certain weekends if, you know, God forbid, um, we do have positive results. So, or your it's opponent does, be, as you pointed or out. The, yeah, or the opponent does. So I think it's the, you know, as I keep saying, we have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. And what that means is we can't really just look and say, well, for sure on, you know, January 8th, women are playing home versus Fullerton. We don't know. It could be a day before that game and Fullerton goes, sorry, we, we, you know, our players didn't pass the test. We're not showing up tomorrow. So that's again, something we've never really dealt with. And uh, so again, you just have to, you know, stay in the moment a little bit. You know, you certainly have to have a big picture uh, understanding it, but you can't get too far ahead of yourselves because there's no guarantees. And that, that is really a big challenge for us. As a great rock band once said, hold on loosely. And if you want to know what uh, what things are changing over the next few weeks, you got to get to the 562.org. Now, before we wrap up the episode, we do our shouts, and I'm sure there's a lot of people who deserve them. Andy, Mike, do you guys got shouts this week? Mike, why don't you go first? Um, shout out to everyone who worked on the PlayStation 5. Uh, thank you so much <laughs> for giving my family something to enjoy and be excited about. Uh, my son and I have been uh, taking turns on the Miles Morales game that came out with the new console, and my wife's been playing Sackboy. And uh, I just, you know, it's just, it's what we all need. We talked about it when Major League Baseball and the NBA came back and the NFL. It's just nice to have something to break up the monotony for those of us who have not been traveling or going out of the house or doing any of the stuff we normally do. It's especially difficult for everyone at home with young kids. Um, so sincerely, the, I will remember the day the PlayStation 5 got here and the kids are all running around freaking out as we opened it up as a, a positive memory. One of my 10 positive memories from the COVID-19 era. <laughs> How about you, Andy? You got a big shout this week? I, d I do. And this is kind of a group shout, um, but I got to do it. And this is uh, the It Takes a Village routine. Um, you know, we just released information around our student athletes academic success and the numbers continue to just skyrocket um, and it takes faculty, it takes staff, it takes academic coordinators and tutors and it takes the student athletes and the coaches and everybody pushing the same way but you know our numbers you know one stat I'll just throw out there is what we call the graduation success rate. And right now the graduation success rate for Long Beach State Athletics is 91%. And uh, to give people a frame of reference, if you haven't read uh, Roger Kirk's article, um, that is pretty amazing. Um, Davis, UC Davis is ahead of us by I think a point maybe. Um, and they're the highest in the state of California, but we are number two in terms of public universities um, with our graduation success rate. So, you know, 91%, that is awesome. That's when we talk about championships, competing for championships, that is a championship. So I think our alums and, and community and, and, and donors and everybody, um, you know, on behalf of all of us, I want to give a big shout out to all of uh, the student athletes and everybody who made that possible. Big time. That's a great one, Andy. Mine is also a group shout out, but a little bit uh, more wide reaching. I want to shout out everybody who's wearing masks to stores and not getting angry at people who aren't wearing masks to stores. I got to break the news to you. You're not going to be the reason that person wears a mask or doesn't wear a mask at this point. We're eight months in. They've already made that decision. So keep calm, keep your mask on and carry on. You don't think do getting the into things... a fist fight with someone who's not wearing a mask is going to help do slow that. the spread of the virus, JJ? Don't, don't do that. <laughs> 
we can all take care of ourselves. That's what we need to do first and foremost. And that's what we do here in the community of Long Beach. And now we finally, guys, we could be less than a fortnight away <gasps> watching a basketball game that is competitive. We are pumped up. So thank you so much, Andy, for breaking that news with us here. Obviously, like we said, follow other news at the562.org. Thank you to producer Roger for putting this show together oh, every on, other week. On behalf of producer Roger, uh, shout out to DeAndre Hopkins. Also shout out to DeHop. <laughs> we're just, we're spreading the love all over the place this week. Thank you, Long Beach. We will talk to you soon. Stay safe.